You're about to listen to a message from the Father's Church. The Father's Church is an assembly of believers committed to revealing the fatherhood of Almighty God to this generation through sound biblical teachings and corresponding moral conduct. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. This year's conference is Flames of Fire. Um, these days, I'm not moved by um, meetings and conferences. When, when I hear a theme, I want to know what the Spirit of God is saying to me. I don't see it as an event. I see it as a message that is coming from the throne of grace. I see it as God having an assignment for me. And so he sends, he gives us a theme to guide us. And if you're not careful when you go for conferences or you have um, summits, you would think it's just another summit. But it's important that you begin to think about the theme that God gave. Why did he give that theme? And, you know, somebody was saying today, oh, I, th I thought you were the one that received the theme. I said, no, it wasn't me. I felt led of the Holy Spirit to ask the Queen um, to seek the face of the Lord and receive a theme for this um, conference. And when they came up with um, Flames of Fire, just said to myself, thank God I'm not the one preaching. Because I don't even know how to preach this sermon. I just said, thank God, you know, we're having a guest minister. You know, God has a sense of humor. And he just, you know, finds a way of roping you in. And if you're sensitive in the spirit, then you will just submit to him. Praise the Lord. Now, when we look at the theme, flames of fire, what he begins to tell me, and I hope that that, that was what inspired you know, the escort to receive this, this theme. I want to believe that it's because you are tired of the status quo. I want to believe it's because you believe strongly in your spirit that there's more to life than women wearing beautiful clothes, wearing um, bone straight weave-ons, wearing high heel shoes and putting on makeup and carrying designer bags and, you know, strutting all over the place. I want to believe that that was what was laid in your heart. There's more to life than what you and I see. I want to believe that that's what it is. And I have faith in you that that was what you had in mind. Otherwise, the whole thing will just be a waste of our time and another show. And I don't know if you're like me, who will be turning 52 in, on the 1st of April. Then you would know that you, you don't want to waste your time. You're already getting old. Do you understand? Even if I don't even want to live to be 100 I don't know about those who want to live to be 120. I, I'm not interested in, in living to be 120. If I get to 90, I'm ready to check out. I'm not joking. I've been saying it since. Of what use am I to anybody after, you know, when I'm 100, 110, 122, be costing my children and grandchildren so much money. So at my age, I don't want to just, you know, attend a conference. I want to hear something that will inspire me to be a better Christian. Praise the Lord. Not something that is just for show. I believe we took our, our scripture text is Hebrews 1 verse 7. But I want us to read Psalm 104 verse 4. Before we read Hebrews 1 verse 7. Because the Bible says that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every matter shall be established. Psalm 104 verse 4. It says, who makes his angels spirits? 
his ministers a flame of fire. Can you put the message translation? It says, you commandeered winds as messengers, appointed fire and flame as ambassadors. And if you read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, part A, it says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We employ you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. I'm interested in the part that says, now then we are ambassadors, ambassadors for Christ. So you can go back to Psalm 104, verse 4 in the message translation. It says, you commandeered winds as messengers. That's talking about the angels. Appointed fire and flame as ambassadors. So that is just to tell us that when God, God said it through um, his sleeve, that was David speaking. And then he said it again in Hebrews. So by the mouth of two or three witnesses, this matter is established. Praise the Lord. That God indeed commandeered winds as messengers, talking about angels, and appointed fire and flame as ambassadors. An ambassador is simply a representative, someone who represents, you know, maybe his nation. Okay? And as Christians, we are Christ's ambassadors. He's the one we represent here on earth. Okay, so let's now look at Hebrews 1 verse 7. So it says, and of the angels, he says, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire? I don't know. Please just look around and tell me if you can see an angel. Apart from me. Can you see an angel? No, but you can't see an angel. You may desire to see an angel, but you can't see one. But if the Lord opens your spiritual eyes, you would actually be able to see that there are angels all around us. But God has made them spirits. Spirits don't have bodies. So you can't see them except the Lord opens your eyes supernaturally. Like um, Elisha began to pray for his servant. He said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see that those that are for us are more. That's the only time that God would actually open someone's eyes to see angels. But he says concerning you and I, he says he makes his ministers a flame of fire. Now, can you see fire? Somebody shook their head. You can't see fire. You can see fire now. When you see fire, fire is, so is visible. You can see it. You can even touch fire. God doesn't make mistakes. He knows why he wants us to be visible. Our brother praying earlier, you know, he mentioned um, Exodus chapter 3. When God appeared, you know, in that burning bush. And the bush was burning, but the bush, it, there was fire, but the bush was not burning. And the Bible says that Moses turned around to see. Which means if he didn't turn around to see. I don't know, maybe there won't have been any revelation, there won't have been any instruction, there won't have been any message. But he turned around to see. Because you can actually see fire. And you can't ignore fire when you see it. If you see water on this floor now, what are you going to do? You can just say, oh, there's water on the floor and you keep going. But the moment you see fire, yes, you will shout fire. There's fire here, there's fire in this place. Can you put out the fire? So we're meant to be visible, praise the Lord. There's something I saw that, that ministered to me, so I had to write it down. It says that God is assembling an army of she-warriors that will storm the gates of hell, take back what the enemy stole, and boldly fight for our families and bring healing to the world around them. That is not to say that men are not warriors, please. You know, because this is our conference, so we have to um, encourage ourselves. So God is assembling an army of she-warriors. When you look at Judges chapter 5, you hear the story of, of Deborah. I love Deborah. 
You know, I, she was a, a female warrior. She was, the Bible says, Deborah, Judges chapter 5. It says, Deborah, um, the wife of Lapidot, 4. Judges chapter 4. Talks about Deborah, the wife of Lapidot. Now, Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidot, was judging Israel at that time. She was a wife, she was a prophetess, she was the wife of Lapidot, and she was a judge. And she was also a warrior. Because when the message of the Lord came through her to Barak, and Barak said, oh, he can't go against Caesar. And Deborah said, okay, I will go with you. He said, except you go with me. And then she agreed to go with him, but told him that the Lord will not give victory to him, but will give the victory to a woman. And if you've read Judges chapter 4 and 5, you will see that God gave the victory through Jael, a simple woman. So in this, our times, God is raising warriors like Deborah and warriors like Jael. Everybody knew Deborah, but not many people knew Jael. So there are some things that God would do through you. It will be very subtle, but it will make great impact in the name of Jesus. You know, there's no competition. God can choose to use me or use someone else in a mighty way and then use you in a small way. But at the end of the day, you are achieving great results for him. Praise the Lord. So I believe God is raising us. So he says that he makes his ministers. God is the maker, makes his ministers you know, talking about the angels. And then he makes us um, a flame of fire. And some translations will say flames of, of fire. I, I just want you to see that the one who, the maker is God. So it's not you, it's not me. God is the one who makes us. God is the one who chooses people that he wants to work through. He is the maker. The Bible says that we carry this treasure in earthen vessels. In other words, in vessels of clay. So that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. If the vessel is gold, you know, you can begin to praise the vessel. But when the vessel is made of clay, you know what clay is? That's what an earthen vessel is. It's made of clay. Then there's no, there's no comeliness. There's nothing to desire about a clay. There's no prestige that you can bestow. But if it's gold, you can say, ah, this vessel is worth something. But then we carry, the treasure that we carry is Jesus himself. The treasure that we carry is the Holy Spirit of the living God. So that the excellency of the power, when things are done, you will trace it back to God. The glory will not come to you because you know, even you don't need anybody to tell you. You have looked at yourself and you see that, no be me, self. There's just no way that I can do this on my own. So 1 Corinthians um, chapter 1 from verse, I believe, 20, 28 or so. 26. Thank you, Pastor. It says, for you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. So God uses, he specializes in using earthen vessels. He specializes in using those people that, you know, that people will look at and say, this one cannot amount to anything. He specializes in using people who are weak. Because if you're strong, then everyone will attribute whatever it is that you achieve to your might. And that's why God could use the, the young boy, David. Because when you looked at Goliath and you looked at David... There's no way that you will imagine. That's why his brother said, come on, will you go back and take care of that few sheep? How can, how dare you stand before this man that is a giant? But what he did not know that was that God was working in him and through him. Praise the Lord. So God is the one who will make you and I what he wants us to be. 
All we need to do is to offer our vessels to him. To say, here am I, Lord, send me. Because I need us to, you know, to begin to put this in our spirit, man. So that it's not just a conference. Please, I'll keep repeating that. Last year, the theme was living with purpose. I don't know how many of us, you know, really did something with our lives in the past year. You know, that you can look back and say, you know, I, I, you know, I had a different encounter with God after the conference. Let it not just be about a conference. Praise the Lord. That's my prayer for everyone. And that's the prayer I've been praying for myself. John chapter 14, verse 12. Jesus said, he says, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than this, he will do because I go to my father. Next verse 13. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the father may be glorified in the son. Uh, let's read to 18, please. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells, note the word he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So the Holy spirit dwells. He was Jesus speaking to his disciples. He said the Holy spirit dwells with you, but will now be in you so at the time jesus was saying this to his disciples the holy spirit was with them but the holy spirit was not in them two different um the holy spirit was with them was around them but he was not yet in them so let's follow it and jesus was trying to tell them that you will be able to do greater works later okay then john 16 verse 7 he says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. First of all, he said to them, the spirit is with you, but will be in you. And then Jesus now says to them, it is to your advantage. Of course, they didn't want him to go. But he says, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. You know, when Jesus was with his disciples, he was the one doing all the miracles you know, doing all the work and they were just learning from him. Apart from when he sent them two by two and he said, go and preach the gospel, go and lay hands on the sick. And they came back rejoicing and he said to them, don't rejoice that you, that demons were, the demons were subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. But he was now telling them something now. I'm with you and I've been with you, but it's important. It's to your advantage. That's why, you know, we say that the Holy Spirit is our advantage. It is to your advantage that I go away because when I go, I will not send the Holy Spirit. He will not only be with you, but he will be in you so that wherever you go, you know that you are carrying the presence of God. You're carrying the Holy Spirit. You're not alone. You are fortified. Praise the Lord. Then John 20, 21 to 22. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, this was after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. He now breathed upon them and then now said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Before Jesus died and resurrected, they only had the Holy Spirit with them. They didn't have the Holy Spirit in them. 
But when Jesus died and resurrected, he now gave them the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit now began to indwell them. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter 24 verse 49. It says, Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So the Holy Spirit is in you. The Holy Spirit is in me. Why do I now need the Holy Spirit upon? Can you say that it's not, this, it's not the same work they're doing, the Holy Spirit is doing at this point. The Holy Spirit in me means that I'm carrying the presence of God everywhere I go. And the Holy Spirit in me is helping me to bear the fruit of the Spirit. So when the Bible begins to talk about this, the fruit of the Spirit is, is love, is, is joy, is patience, and all of those. That's, the, that's what the Holy Spirit helps us to produce. But then, in order for us to do this work, the assignment that God has called us to do, in order for you and I to be flames of fire, we need the Spirit upon. Now, when you have only the Holy Spirit within, you will go to heaven. If you live this life and follow God, you will go to heaven. You are not going to hell. The only thing is that, remember what dad was telling us the other day. He said some people pray, you know, they just read three chapters. They pray for five minutes. It's okay. But that is not the kind of prayer and studying of the, of, of the word of God that will bring about a revival. You will be saved, but as through fire. You will just manage to enter in. But the, the type of anointing we're talking about is the anointing that not only saves you, but, you know, saves multitudes alongside you. Praise the Lord. And that's what the Lord Jesus was saying to them. He says, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. I, I, there's a translation that, co- that says you're clothed. Another translation says you're equipped. In other words, you can't do it. You can't step out without the spirit upon without the baptism of the holy ghost even our lord jesus christ he could not do you know a lot of mighty works until the holy spirit came upon him because john the baptist said he said the one that is coming after me eh that one he will he will baptize you with the holy ghost and with fire that fire makes all the difference that's what differentiates those who are just born again and those who are doing exploits for the kingdom that's the difference. Somebody is born again. They are quiet in their own corner. They are saved. But if you want to be a flame of fire, you have to be praying for, for a baptism of the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. And why was Jesus saying all this? He said because he knows that we cannot attain our full potential in God without the Holy Spirit. You can't do it. Without the Holy Spirit overshadowing you, Coming up, you know, upon you, we can't do, you can only do, you know, it's like an eight, um, what do you call it, V8, eight-cylinder vehicle. You're not maximizing the, you know, the capacity of that car. But you're, you're, the car is moving like four, like it has only four, four cylinders. Yes. Meanwhile, you have a V8 um, engine, but you're operating below capacity. But when you get to where you're going, you will get there. So it's your choice. And it's my choice. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end 
of the earth, when the spirit comes upon you, do we really want this fire? Oh no, do we want it? I'm asking, I'm looking at you because, you know, we are the, we are the queens now. And we're the ones that, you know, the Holy Spirit laid this, this theme in our hearts. Are we ready for the fire? Acts chapter 2 verse 1. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now, we don't know, you know how, when, when you see when the day of Pentecost had fully come, we don't even understand what that means. When the day of Pentecost has, you know, um, had fully come. But one thing we take from there is that it says that they were all with one accord and they were in one place. And I know pastor has preached extensively on this um, topic, being in one accord. They were all in one accord and they were in one place. You know, um, well, I have a fellowship, you know, where uh, just some prominent people in the city. And one of the days we were praying and we said, let's hold hands. One of the women there said, she's not holding hands. We're asking her why I want to pray. She said, no, that if she holds hands with us, that the Holy Spirit will give her a knock on her head. And we're like, ah. She said, because that is not about the holding of hands, but the hearts being one. In other words, if your heart is not one with, why are you holding, why should we hold hands? So she probably judged herself that her heart was not there. She didn't hold hands. But in this case, these people were with one accord and they were in one place. Their hearts were knit together. And so the Holy Spirit came. You know, because the Holy Spirit is not the author of confusion. No? I hope you know. Anywhere you see strife, anywhere you see envy, every evil work is there. That means that it's a, you know, a, just a natural habitat for, for the devil. But where you see love, where you see unity, God is there. Praise the Lord. And that's why the Bible says, how, um, behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. I pray that in the father's church, we'll begin to dwell together in unity. I pray that when I look at my sister, you know, and, and my sister looks at me, my heart, your heart will be towards me as mine is towards you in the name of Jesus, that our hearts will be pure so that the Holy Spirit can move. Because tonight when we pray, if we're not one, if while we're praying, some people are buying and selling, difficult for the Holy Spirit to, but once our hearts are one, when we pray, the Holy Spirit will come. When we ask anything in his name, he will hear us, he will answer us. So now I want us to look at what the fire of the Holy Ghost produces in us. Acts chapter 2 verse 14. There's so many things, I'll just pick a few because we don't have a long time. So after the Holy Spirit came upon them, you know, they began to speak in other tongues. And then people were wondering, what is, what's, what's happening to this man? How come we hear them speaking in our own language? You know, everyone could understand what they were saying. Even they themselves did not know what they were speaking. And then in verse 14, it says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, he raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who, who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. What, for, there are, for these are not drunk because the people supposed that they were drunk. Since it is only the third hour. But if you read down, you will see that Peter was emboldened to preach the gospel. Now, Peter, this was the same man who, after Jesus, you know, used this boat to, to preach. And Jesus said to him, launch out, you know, for a great catch. And he caught, and he said to Jesus, said, depart from me, for I'm a man of unclean lips. 
This was the same fisherman that was an illiterate, he was unlearned, that Jesus called. And he, he didn't even have, um, you know, he was timid. But as soon as the Holy Spirit came upon him, he became bold. And he began to preach. And, and while he was preaching, they were looking, ah, we know that these men are unlearned. How come they are able to preach like this? That's what happens when you receive the fire of the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you will be beside yourself. You will not know when you will stand before a crowd that you were intimidated by. And then you will begin to de declare the word of God. And when you're done, you'll be asking yourself, who just stood and preached the gospel? It's because of the Holy Ghost. Because without him, we can do nothing. And so we see from scripture how these men were used mightily. And so when that scripture says, for you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise, it begins to make sense to you. Because you don't need anybody to tell you that the one who enabled you to do this is the Holy Spirit. Because you know yourself. After you, you can't even sing one line of any song. But suddenly the Holy Spirit takes you over and you begin to sing, sing on keys that you never imagined you could sing on. And when you're done, people are saying, how did you hit that note? How did you do that? And you're like, I don't know. But in that, in that instance, the Holy Spirit took over you. Praise the Lord. That's what we're praying for. And that's what we're going to be, you know what? That's what we're going to pray. So that when we do the things that we do, we will, it will not be ordinary. When we're filled with the Holy Ghost, it won't be ordinary. We will carry out great exploits. Our fire will fan our fire into flames. It will not just be that you have fire. You know, I, I don't know if you've seen people roasting corn. Sometimes you see them, if there's nobody coming to buy, you know, they just leave the fire like that. Once they see someone, once they start fanning, you will not see the fire. Another thing the fire of the Holy Spirit does in you is that he makes you unstoppable. When you receive this fire, you become unstoppable. Nothing can hinder you. I want us to look at Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9. We'll look at it in three different translations. Before now, we all know about Jeremiah. It was Jeremiah that the Lord appeared to and said, Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. And I ordained you a prophet to the nations. And Jeremiah said, Ah, look at me. I'm only a youth. I can't speak. I can't this. I can't that. Started to give all the excuses. And God told him, Look, 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 look. I'm the one sending you. Praise the Lord. In Jeremiah chapter 20 verse 9. In chapter 19. Jeremiah had given the people the word of the Lord. And you know he had a strange. Or a, you know I don't know what to call his ministry. He was always telling them the truth. But the truth he told them was very bitter. On Sunday pastor was telling us that we should get to the point. Where we pray to love truth. Even if it is bitter. Swallow it. Novalgene, um, chloroquine is very bitter, but it cures malaria. So if the truth is bitter, take it. It's for your own good. Once it's truth, you identify that it's truth. So in chapter, in chapter 19, he had, you know, given them the word of the Lord and they didn't, they were not happy to the point that one of them even slapped him. So here in verse nine, in, in verse nine of, of, of chapter 20, he said, then I said, I will not make mention of him. He was saying, I will not talk about God again. I'm discouraged. These people don't appreciate what I'm preaching. They don't appreciate my good. They don't appreciate anything I do. I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm hard pressed on every side. And he said, no, speak anymore in his name. 
He says, but his word was in my heart. Like a burning fire shot up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back. And I could not. That's what will happen now. Do you understand? That even if you don't have money, money cannot hinder you from preaching the gospel of Christ. That's what we're praying for. I hope you know. That's what we're praying for. When we say flames of fire, we're not talking about ordinary Christians. And nobody can blame me now because you are the one that came up with the theme. And we will now be measuring ourselves to be sure that we're burning with this fire. Praise the Lord. But we have the Holy Spirit to help us, don't we? Jeremiah was so discouraged. And he said, I'm not going to, please put a message. Let's see the message. He says, but if I say, forget it, no more God messages from me. He says, the words are fire in my belly. A burning in my bones. I'm worn out trying to hold it in. I can't do it any longer. So you just have to say it. It's like fire. That's what happens when you're filled with the Holy Ghost. There must be an outpouring. There must be an outpouring when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. When we went to Enugu, Pastor Mecca was saying how he was so frustrated. He was preaching and he was saying how he was so frustrated. That things were not just working for him and he was not happy. And he told God, don't speak to me again. Leave me. Don't send me. Don't give me any message. Like Jeremiah. He said, don't give me any message. Don't. Please, please, please. He said, some people called you. He said, no, no, do your meeting. I can't come. I can't come. But they said, no, no, just 10 minutes. 10 minutes. He said, in 15 minutes, he preached five sermons. Why? Because, see, when you are full of the Holy Spirit, you don't need a microphone. Let somebody make the mistake of coming close to you. What you have inside will come out. That's our prayer. That's the next level. We are tired of the status quo, aren't we? That's where we're going now. That you're not hindered by anything. You know, pastor taught me something a long time ago. Whenever I had, you know, any misunderstanding with anybody, and I talked about it, I just told my wife, chill, chill, chill. He said, look at David. David never fought personal battles. He said, look at his life. Even when Shimei came and was insulting him, and they wanted to kill him, he said, leave him. Perhaps the Lord will look on this as insult and just have mercy on me. Don't touch him. It was only matters of the kingdom that he was interested in. So even if somebody, you know women, some women, they're not here. They like to gossip. They will not do this one. This one will not say this one. Don't let it deter you. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you'll be like that pastor that they went to tell. I was one that told pastor that story. I think Pastor Mecca told me, I told pastor. That they went to the pastor and said, Ah, sir, I don't know what's happening here. It's like your wife is taking over. She's the one doing everything. She's the one preaching. The man said, then go away. He said, go away. He said, I'm seated in heavenly places. Wow, but I don't mind deadly things. That's what he told them. He said, go away. People will come in here to cause trouble. I am seated in heavenly places. That's what you should begin to tell people. When they come to you, they gossip. They gossip. They want to tell you about this one, about this minister, about this pastor. Tell them to go away. You are seated in heavenly places. When they went to Nehemiah, Sambalata and Tobiah. See their names. Sambalata. Italians. And Tobiah. Nehemiah was building home. And they went to him. I said, huh, this thing you're doing. Nehemiah was looking at them. They said, they talked, talk, they said, if a fox runs on this wall, will it not just crumble? 
Can you imagine that level of, you know, discouragement and provocation? If a fox, how heavy is a fox? If he runs on this vessel, meaning that this thing you're building is rubbish. What was Nehemiah's response to them? He says, I am doing a great work. I cannot come down. I can't come down. This work I'm doing, eh? I can't come down to this level. That's where we're going on. Queens, are we ready? Are we ready? Praise the Lord. So nothing can deter you when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You can't be stopped. You're not discouraged. You're not looking at any man. The Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. One of the days that our brother was praying, you know, at um, one of the throne services. He said, why did they say we should look unto Jesus? Because the day, if you look at your HOD, one day your HOD will decide that he's not even serious with this Christianity. You will not follow him. But you're looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Who for the joy that was set before him, what did he do? He endured the cross. He despised the shame. He didn't mind that they were, going, they were slapping him. He didn't mind that the people he created were making you know, mockery of him. And stripped him. And flogged him. No, he was, his eyes was on that cross. He says he despised the shame. He went through the cross. And now, where is he? He's seated at the right hand of the father. And what is he doing there? He's making intercessions for you. He's making intercessions for me. So that you and I too will make it. And we will make it in the name of Jesus. Without the fire of the Holy Ghost, you and I will be defeated in this life. Without that power, without the spirit upon, you, we can't amount to much. That's the truth. We can only do a little. You can only manage to save yourself. You may not even be able to save your children. So we need the fire. We need the Holy Ghost. We need the spirit upon. Did you read it in, um, did we read it in easy to read version? Okay, it says, sometimes I say to myself, I will forget about him. I will not speak anymore in his name. But when I say that, his message is like a fire burning inside me. It feels like it is burning deep in my bones. I get tired of trying to hold his message inside. And finally, I'm not about to hold it in. You know, about a month ago, one of our choir members, you know, spirit-filled daughter of Zion, she was... She said she had just warmed her food to eat and was just cracking the egg. And the next thing there was, I mean, how many rains have we had in Abuja? About three or or so, or two. So it wasn't even rainy season, okay? And the next thing there was thunder. It was just her in the kitchen. And the next thing she found herself rolling on the floor. She had um, burns all over. She was not cooking anything. What she was warming was still in the microwave. It was just an egg that she had in her hand that she was cracking. And it was so bad that she said she was crawling. I don't know if she's here. She's not here today. She, was, she had to crawl. And, you know, when she looked in the mirror and saw her face, her face was disfigured like the face of an old woman. And she had burns. Remember, she was not cooking anything burns on her legs and some marks on her face and she said she just she started to worship God and then the instruction came go for choir rehearsals with that pain when we saw her she was actually walking like this and that's how she came and sat 
and she couldn't put her legs together and she stayed till the end. After the meeting, she shared with us what happened to her. That was the attack of the enemy to stop her. This is a girl that has, God has given her a ministry. God has given her a gift. If, I mean, if you see her, you, you, you would know her in the choir. This is someone that even if she's singing, um, praising the Lord always, there's an anointing in her voice. But the devil wanted to silence her. But because this girl is full of the Holy Spirit, she said, I'm not going to stay at home. She heard, said she heard the instruction clearly come to church. And this was how she was. said somebody helped her to get on a bike. And this was how she walked into this place and walked out. Today she's fine. You will see her in the choir. You won't know that she went through fire. Listen, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, nothing. So these excuses that we give, we'll stop giving them. You will realize that you are unstoppable. That there's nothing that you can't do. There's nothing that you cannot achieve for God. Praise the Lord. Second Timothy chapter one, verse six. He says, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Can we see it in Passion Translation, TPT? He says, I'm writing to encourage you to fan into a flame and rekindle the fire of the spiritual gift God imparted to you when I laid my hands on you. I'm writing you. I'm writing to encourage you. Honestly, I believe that that's what the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, God is saying to us. God, you know, I'm here as a vessel to encourage you. There are certain things that nobody can do for you. This is one of those. A hunger to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Nobody can do it for you. You know, Pastor and I, by God's grace, this year we'll be married for 28 years. Glory to God. Now, there's some things that I have had to learn on my own. We've been born again since 1994, around November, December of 1994. You know, I watch my husband and I see his hunger for the Lord. I see, you know, how he prays, how he spends time with God, how he studies, you know, the word of God. And he doesn't study to preach. You know, some of us study to preach. And others just study as a way of life, you know. And until one day, you know, it dawned on me that this relationship that I have with God, yes, I can hold the microphone. I can, you know, speak to one or two people. I can share, you know, the word of God. But there's more. He didn't need to tell me. But I knew that he had been praying for me all along to catch the fire. One day it dawned on me. That I'm wasting away. If I remain at this level. And that was when I began. To really seek the face of God. Some mornings I will pray. And all I'm doing is I'm crying. I'm just saying Lord. I've been wasting my life. Did I share it with my daughter? I said no mom you've not. I said only I can tell you. When you say you're wasting your, away. You're, you're wasting your life. It doesn't mean you're fornicating. You're doing, no it's not that level. That's not the level. It means that you know that there's so much more that God wants to do in and through you. But you're not letting him. Because you don't have the desire 
Somebody once told me that, the, that desire is the birthing place of the miraculous. If you don't have desire for something, it's not going to come. If you don't have a hunger for more of him, God is not going to force himself on you. That's why when Jesus told them, tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Do you know that it is possible that some people were there, they tarried for a bit. They didn't tarry until. There's a difference. Somebody can tarry, but not until. In the place of prayer, God will tell you how long he wants you to be there. It's not what we use our time. Some days it may be four hours. Some days it may be one hour. Anytime I'm praying and I'm checking the time, I'm not serious. I'm talking about myself now. Because when I'm in the spirit, I don't check the time. I remember one particular morning, I was so tired. I was tired, but I knew I needed to pray. Because what can you do without prayer if you don't pray? And I woke up that morning. I said, Lord, you know that I'm tired. And I began to pray, strengthen me with might through your spirit in the inner man. Lord, strengthen me with might through your spirit in the inner man. Strengthen me with might through your spirit in the inner man. I was wearing this watch. It's my active wear. Do you know that I was praying? If the Holy Spirit is real, I'm telling you. I was praying and I was just going around my sitting room like this. The speed, I couldn't even stop. And I prayed like that for two hours. By the time I stopped, I just, uh, I collapsed. I just collapsed like this. The speed, and I looked at my time, 11,000 plus steps. I said, "Ah, Holy Spirit, is this how you are? If you desire it, you will receive it. He says, if you earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Except you don't desire. You have no desire. If you have the desire, as the psalmist said, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul longs for you. If you have the desire, he will fill you. Anything you don't have, any level you're not able to operate at is because you have not desired it. I look at the scripture. When I look at Acts chapter 2, you know, when you read, you will find out that it was not only the men that were there. It was not only Peter and, and, and John and the rest that were there. The women were there also. And I was asking myself, is there any woman in the New Testament that I can say categorically that did exploits for God? I can't say. Please, if you know any, tell me. I don't know. Does anybody, can you, can you remember any? All we hear about is Paul. We hear about Peter. We hear about Stephen. But they were part of the women. They were part of the people that received the spirit upon. Because he says the disciples and the women. And I imagine it was Mary Magdalene. It was Joanna. It was Susanna. And then, and then Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. I'm not saying that to say that they did, they did what they could, you know. But I'm saying that it's a challenge to you and I. We, the New Testament people. The New Testament Christians to arise. I started by saying that I read somewhere that God is assembling an army of she warriors. Women who know how to pray. Women who know how to seek the face of God. Women who do not only wait for their husbands to pray for them. For a long time it was pastor's prayer that was carrying the entire family. Not that I didn't pray. Like we were sharing at our choir retreat. 
Don't let anybody deceive you. When you enter, when you access the holy of holies, you will know. Many times, Christians, we're not in the outer court. Oh. We're in the inner court, but we've not accessed the holy of holies. There's still some Christians who are in the outer court where they're still dealing with sin, dealing with this one, dealing with that, dealing with that. In the inner court, is a revelation God gave me, or you won't find it in scripture. In the inner court, it's a good place to be. The only problem with the inner court is that you're still seeing your own self and you're still looking at your limitations. You're still seeing the things you have, the things you don't have. You're still, you're distracted. When you enter the holy of holies, listen, if you doubt what I'm saying, tomorrow pray and ask the Holy Spirit, even tonight. Tell him, tell the Lord that you want to experience, tell Jesus, I want to experience you one-on-one. When you pray and you enter the holy of holies, let me tell you, if I've never experienced it in my life, I won't say it. When you enter, when they tell you that there are layers eh, in the spirit, you will understand. But if you've never entered, you will think that, ah, maybe we pray. Ah, we pray now. We're praying. Let's pray. We're praying. When you enter, and let me tell you, I also discovered that it is difficult to access the Holy of Holies when there's a multitude. There's a lot of distraction. When we're praying corporate prayers, there's a corporate anointing. But you see this one, this level is one-on-one. You will engage God. You will not know what will happen to you. Whenever you come face to face with God, a transfiguration takes place. Even you, if you look in the mirror, you will see that something has happened to your face. When Moses went to Mount Sinai and he came down, the people could not look at his face. They said, please, please, please. Your face is, 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 is shining too much. He had to use a veil to cover, to cover his face because he had been in the presence of God. It is a place you want to go. It is a place you want to live. It is a place where you download instructions. It's a place that when you have been in and you come out, as our dad would say, you can dare anyone and anything. I was telling the choir the other day, I like to be very plain and honest. I told them, I said, me, I'm backsliding. They say, ah, I said, I'm backsliding. Because I'm not experiencing what the, what the things I experienced last year. I'm not. So when we rise up to pray, I want you to take it seriously. I realized that I've started bothering myself about small, small things. That time last year, there's nothing, any, nothing, you know, and I said, ah, it's no wonder, pastor, nothing moves him. Ah, ah. I'll be looking at him and say, what kind of man is this that I married? Nothing moves him. If you like, be his best everything. And you come to there and tell him, Pastor, please, I'm leaving you. I don't want you again. You just say, yeah, hope I didn't do anything to upset you. Hey, yeah, I hope I didn't mislead you. Pastor, say, no, it's okay, bye-bye. He will continue what he's doing. Me, I will first of all cry. I will think about my life. What happened? Why is he leaving me? Why is she leaving me? When your father is okay with you, why should anything bother you? We need to get there. Because if you have that experience, nothing will move you again. Nobody will be able to discourage you. You will not come to church and say, ah, because this person did, I'm not coming again to that church. No, you will not do it. Like Pastor Go was saying the other day, we had a meeting with the new um, ministers. He said, just see God. No matter what anybody is telling you, all you're seeing is that joy that is set before you. Like Jesus. 
That's all you're saying. I want us to rise and pray. Since I'm writing to you to encourage you to fan into a flame and rekindle the fire of the spiritual gift God imparted to you when I laid my hands on you. You know, once you get born again, you have the Holy Spirit. You receive the Holy Spirit. But to carry out great exploits, to go to the next level, you need the Spirit upon. You need to be endued with power from on high. You need to be clothed. You need to be equipped. You can't do this without the Holy Spirit. Let's break out in tongues. Fresh fire. Fresh fire. Malay Satalabados. Fresh fire. Hey, Barados Satalabados. Monday, Mados Shantalabados. Lord, baptize me afresh. <laughs> oh, Rabados Satalabades. Monday, Maranos Shikatalabados. Hey, Baradados Satalabados. We need your fire, Lord. You've been listening to a message from the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. 9 a.m. on Sundays and 6 p.m. on Wednesdays. For telephone, 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you. Love just as you are.